Excuse me, can I please talk to you for a minute? Uh-huh, sure. You know, you look kind of familiar. Yeah, you do too. I just want to know, do you know a podcast named The Podcast Is Mine? Oh yeah, I know that podcast. I just want to let you know that it's mine. No, no, it's mine. Hello and welcome to The Podcast Is Mine. I'm Bhushan Kumar. And I'm Sunny Grohl. Hey Sunny, how's it going? I'm good, how are you? Good, thank you. So what have you been up to recently? So what have I done since I last saw you? I actually went to Brighton, Ooh. which was really nice because we've had this little heat wave. So I thought, I know, I'll get away from London. I'll go to Brighton to kind of escape the heat. It was even hotter. <laughs> Brighton, Ocean, it was out of control. I was like melting on the train there. And uh, I just remembered I was on the train and I had my like kind of ski bus of a face mask mm. on. And, I, and I'm sanitizing everything, spraying things down, like super OCD at the yeah. best of the night. Oh, I know, I'll just kind of see on my table. And I sprayed the armrest, but I think my sanitizer is rocket fuel because it melted the pleather <gasps> and it was on my arms. So I went, had like all this kind of blue pleather on my arms and I was like, for fuck's sake. Oh, I can't only really But yeah, that's exactly Damn, what that, that, that pushed you, that broke you, honestly. <laughs> I was freaking Pleather on the arms, it's like... <laughs> And I thought, I know, I'll spray my face mask, so I'll just kind of just cover myself off. But I think I refeed myself because it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's so strong. I'm actually going to spray it for you later so you can smell it because it's pure alcohol. But you're going to roofie me later. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> Send help immediately. Exactly. <laughs> so I sat on the train really dazed thinking, oh my God, I must have been attacked. <laughs> Uh, and that was even before I got yeah, to Brighton. Even before you got to Brighton, I, I, I know. I'm like, you know, I was like, wow, I got lucky on the train. <laughs> Mercy With myself in drug culture. <laughs> so that was like my entertaining journey there. But mm. it was so nice to get out of London and kind of go to a beach because we typically have that experience in summer. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was using Help Out to Eat Out, which was a really mm-hmm. good discount, damn right. Or, or as my friend calls it, hashtag eat me out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my god, the number of did I ever send you that meme of like Boris um kind of on all fours on a table and Rishi behind him oh like with his thumb up, just like eat help out to eat out. Oh my god. <laughs> I need to see that. It's a, yeah, once you see that you'll never want to eat out again. <laughs> oh I definitely do not want to see him in any kind of position like that. Oh god, oh, no. How about in your bush and how what have you been up to? Um so uh, always fashion related as always, you Amazing. know. Amazing so chic. Exactly. If it's not fashion, it's not bush. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was reading Diane von Furstenberg's book oh uh, God, called uh, The Woman I Am. Okay. And it's really, really interesting because like, she talks, um, she splits the book in two. So mm. it's about her personal life, first of all, because her personal life is so interesting. Okay. You know, she was married to a prince. I had no idea. Yeah. And like her mum has mm. like the most amazing backstory. So yeah, her right. mum actually went to a concentration camp in 1942 <gasps> or 43 and survived okay. and when she came back everyone was like oh give her six months and she's going to die because of, obviously of what she suffered endured, there. Yeah. but her mum had this like enduring spirit and then obviously mm. gave birth to diane and her brother and mm. really gave and really kind of gave diane that determination That's to kind amazing. of thrive and move forward i and love that it was so so cool and then like the second bit is more about the business about the rap dress okay. so how the rap dress came to be and how like diane she learned a lot of the things mm kind of via osmosis like she was working in like a fabric factory and mm. you know she knew like a fabric supplier sorry she's just reminding me of all those sewing factories that all of my Indian mothers probably are related <laughs> I'm sure it was way more fabulous than she apparently this was in Italy it's the number one kind of like it was the top like you know they, the fabrics they create are like the best in okay. the world and 
I know from when I go fabric shopping, I the Italian it. stuff is always really expensive and beautiful. I can imagine it's, it's really, really high quality. They're, they've got such an eye for detail and fashion. It's yeah. just very like, even like the most basic people have really good stuff. Yeah, there's no such thing as basic in Italy, is there? No. Like, even the basic people are like, yeah. it's like Sweden. Everyone's a supermodel. It's like, <laughs> there's no ugly people in oh Sweden. It's like, God. how does that they work? Like, are you know. so incredible. I remember going for my birthday once and being like, hey, these people are so tall and like chic and just smooth yeah. skinned and like, Gorgeous, like you can't stop looking at them. I know. Like, you know, like that's how I got the restraining order. And I, <laughs> I can no longer go to Sweden. That's but, the one in Sweden. Yeah, not all the ones here. <laughs> yeah, this is a diff- that's a different podcast. And if you're interested in that, you can listen to our OnlyFans podcast <laughs> after hours. You know, we're going to have to set that page up because we have referenced it so many times. <laughs> and the fans are begging for it, honestly, <laughs> and for much more. Um, and she talks about the wrap dress and how um, she designed the wrap dress and, like, you know, she used to. Um, carry samples in a suitcase okay. and then she finally got an order from a big store and Diana Vreeland who was the editor of American mm-hmm. Vogue at the time saw the dress and was like oh that's oh. a great dress and basically like it was similar to the Joe Malone book I've referred to in the past as mm-hmm. well where her fortunes went up and down and like she kind of lost touch with the product wow. and then came back to the classic and yeah. went away from it and came back to it and it's just fascinating to see how like you know her life was kind of doing one thing, mm. her career was doing another thing, and then when they converge as well, it's just, it's, it's a really great book. I mean, definitely need to get, add that to the list. I mean, you've given us about <laughs> 17 books. <laughs> you were still like, on a, you're still on 2015. I was like, like, literally, I'm last Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we've cancelled Harry Potter now because of J.K. Rowling. What did she say? Oh, have you not heard? Like, you know, she's a turf. So, yeah. Basically, she doesn't believe that trans people um, Oh, I did, yes, equal I do remember that. Just... No, but was that taken out of context? I'm trying to remind myself of what was said. Um... So I think it was something about trans women. Uh, it was oh, like, something against really... trans... Oh, yeah. Okay. And then, I, yeah, something against trans women. I, I, like, the details, like, escaped me. But, yeah, um, we're going to have to do some research. Yeah, we'll go a, probably a deeper dive on that. But mm. essentially what she was saying is trans women aren't women, which is, like, not the right thing. And when you yeah. think about the influence that she has and the fan base that she has... Yeah, she's in a position of responsibility. Exactly. And yeah. so it's, it's quite sad that she's kind of, like, said that. And then she uh, kind of issued this kind of rebuttal where she was like, oh, I was sexually assaulted which is a terrible thing and no one like no, you know, wishes no, that on anybody not. but to like in this instance it was kind of not related to what she was actually saying and um yeah, I what, so was that almost like a sympathy yeah it was almost like that kind of like using it mm. as a kind of microaggression kind of like yeah but i this happened to me so i can say this against you and it's like no bitch you can't like you know mm-hmm. at the end of the day trans people are people you know, everyone should have equal rights yeah. and there's no if or but about it if you, you know. We need to do a deeper dive on this because I've got, I, you know, I'm trying to navigate through, and especially being like a gay man, mm. like I feel like equality is important to me as well and being Asian and, you know, there's, there's all sorts of reasons why it's important to me, even, even not just because of my diverse, diverse different you mm. know, nature. But then I'm trying to navigate this new world of, you know, non-binary and different genders and... I'm very open for people to be what they want, but mm-hmm. then I think there's a lot of education that we all need to do in terms of what the phrasing is and you know what it really means to people because I'm all for everyone to have you know their own choices. Yeah. Uh, but I, I know that some of my even gay friends have said they feel like it's too. F- I've heard a few people say this is going too far, and I don't. And I want to be able to have that conversation with them confidently, where I can say, well, because my thought is 
too far in what context is what I think. Because I'm sure probably 10, maybe 20 years ago, people would say being gay is too far or being bi is too far. There's always a second in there and things change as time evolves. Um, but yeah, I think it should be another deep dive at some point. Yeah, definitely. We need to go away, do our reading, do our yeah. research. And, and deep dive into trans <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like, you know, like you said, it's like non-binary. Like that, I think, mm. And I think it's such an exciting concept mm. as well. I think so many people who... Um, I think a lot of people are scared by it and I think wrongly so because I think it's just a matter of like you said it's mm. something that you know 20 years ago was like what what, what is this yeah. but now it's a way of life like you know I think for definitely the generation behind us like mm. it's a way of living and I think I, you know I yeah I mean it's you're, you're right it's hard to kind of you want to like essentially we're allies mm. to, with the cause absolutely and we yeah. and like you know how do we express ourselves in such a way that we don't offend people and we let people yeah. know that we're allies. And and it's also making people feel like they're not being policed on what they say. Because I think that's the yeah. thing that I worry about a lot. It's like, am I going to say something to offend someone? And um, it is going to be clunky and mistakes will be made, I'm sure, going through that process of, um, you know, trying to you know, acknowledge their rights to be referred to in a certain way. Um, but I think people need to have that conversation and maybe we can start it. Yeah, absolutely. At least on our podcast. Yeah. And I think that's an excellent way to, put it, to yeah. express it as well, that, you know, the idea of being policed and what to say and what to say. Yeah. But, so let's move on. So very... Yeah. <laughs> like, moving on. Really <laughs> And now something completely different. Yeah, completely <laughs> off topic. So uh, today's podcast. Uh, so yes. today we are going to talk about therapy. Oh. And um, we'll be back right after this. Okay, and we are back. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about therapy. So therapy is now discussed in the mainstream far more widely and openly than it has ever been before. And at one time, the popular perception of therapy, mm. uh, which is shaped by cinema and television, consisted of lying down on the couch and being analysed, you know, that mm. whole kind of like you're in this kind of like swanky Manhattan apartment downtown or something, you know, big glass windows and like, you know, lying there and your therapist is always like immaculately dressed and just thinking, and why do you think that is? <laughs> <laughs> and then writing down everything you say and you're like what um but the truth is as a mean to help people confront traumas and the pressures of life therapy is a really like invaluable tool yeah. uh filled with learning techniques and thought processes to aid better mental health and well-being mm. so with that in mind um sunny you recently went through yes. some therapy thank you first of all for agreeing to talk about more it more than happy to because if we don't know someone listening today it might really yeah. help them and it's just like interesting to learn more about therapy in general definitely um so if i could ask you so you yeah. recently went to therapy what was your experience like yes yeah, so it just it made me laugh when you were talking about um you know the swanky apartment and it just gave a, a little flash of a memory to ali mcbeal oh yes oh my god oh my god did yes. ali have like some kind of um or maybe this was six feet under i can't remember where there was like some kind of sandbox and they were like um like it was a rake or something they oh, were pulling through what, what show was that on but someone Ali definitely went through Ali therapy, would be a, she she? Had, wasn't her therapist who was the therapist was it was someone was he like, heart I mean, I'm I sure they were all heart <laughs> I can't remember who her therapist was was it a male therapist or was it a female therapist no it was a female one and she always used to touch her about wanting to have a kid oh and was she really, oh is that when the little baby used to jump yeah. around I need to revisit the CGI was so bad back then <laughs> But it was so revolutionary. And, you know, and since we're talking about that show, can we talk about Lucy Liu and how amazing she was? She still is. She is. Oh, I mean, exactly, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. But she I was so her. good in that. And but... Portia as well. <gasps> Portia. Oh, my God. Portia. Oh, oh, my gosh. Let's <laughs> not go to Portia. <laughs> no, we, oh, with oh Ellen. <laughs> we are triggered. 
<laughs> we are here talking about cancelled people left, right, and centre today. Honestly, she's been cancelled. Oh my god, girl, you need to get with it. I'm going to get cancelled, Ellen. You know, Ellen. So in lockdown, she's been some of the comments because of the made. comments. I didn't know that there was a decision made. But also, they found out there's quite a to- toxic atmosphere oh, on the Ellen show, gosh. and a lot of people have complained about racism, favoritism, all kinds of awful things. And what's terrible is I, uh, of course, I heard those stories like 10 years ago and I was like, no, say this to me. yeah. And do you remember? And I was like, oh no, Ellen's really kind and Ellen's really this. And it, cause like mm. people on TV had told me like, she's not a nice person. And I was like, no, I'm sure it's like, you know, she's probably fed up of being bothered all the time. Yeah. And then now it's like, we are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So if you ever think that we are divas, it's because we're just fed up of being bothered. Can't walk down the street without being, you know, honestly molested. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's get back to Yeah, sorry, we keep, I keep taking this off of a tangent. Yes. Um, so it just reminded me of, of Addy McBeard, and I always thought it was very much uh, um, not a thing of privilege, but it's just something that not everyone can benefit from. Yeah. That was my early experience of it. Mm-hmm. And it would come from probably US television, because in the US, I think they're way ahead of us when it comes to therapy, and, and um, seeing it as a part of... You're just your general well-being and your kind of um, process. Like you have, we go to the gym, don't we? And that's obviously, yeah. you know, or something for fitness or sport. Mm. And therapy is just their way of keeping them mental well-being fit. Mm-hmm. And I didn't look at it that way. It was always a case of you need to have something wrong with you. Yes. And um, it needs to be, quote unquote, serious. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that, you know, the things are the reasons why I went wasn't serious. Yeah. But it's not how... I perceived my issues potentially. It was just a case of, I don't know, it just felt a little bit indulgent to think about it. But when I did start um, going to therapy, I realised that it's 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 not as... Um, your problems are very unique to you. Yes. And your challenges are unique to you. It doesn't have to be on a scale of, look, you know, I haven't been through something really... Well, it was, to, to me it was traumatic, but... You, it, you didn't have to compare it to someone else who maybe you have heard going to therapy for a specific reason. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I think that's when I started to realise that it's just me doing work on myself. And I had, based on the last therapist I went to see, a really, really positive experience. And I think it's changed me in a lot of really good ways. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't always that way because the first time I went to a therapist a few years ago, and actually, actually that to be fair to that therapist, it was a good experience. It was... Um, through my employer so I get um, something called the employee assistance program yeah so if you have any sort of mental well-being issue Mm -hmm. you call through to this helpline number and they're Mm. really really kind and helpful there to speak to you about any issues you've got right there and then yeah and then help you maybe um, find a a place or time with an actual therapist that you can commit to speaking to or seeing in person regularly It's almost like his first aid, like, you know, and then if yeah. you need to go and see a doctor or you need to see someone else, like, kind of more, yeah. um, kind of, co- you know, for more complex reasons. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good way of putting it, actually. It's kind of like a, a walking centre kind of thing on the phone. Mm. And um, so that was really, really helpful. It was a little bit clunky at times because um, the process and the procedures to go through to get it approved, you have to answer a lot of questions about um, your, you know, maybe how you're feeling about yourself. And some of them can sound a little bit alarming because they ask you questions like how uh, how many times this week have you felt um, really low? And it, 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 it's, when you're going through something, you don't necessarily 
I don't monitor those things. Mm. I'm not counting it. I, mm. It's very much just a sense of my being. Mm-hmm. So then I, I think when they were asking me those questions, it made me realize, damn, I'm not feeling good a lot of the time. Yeah. And that makes you start to kind of understand that actually, yes, I need to get help. Mm. But I imagine some of those questions yeah. didn't even apply to you as well. Like, you know, it may have been like, are you yeah. feeling this or, you know, has your medication made you feel like exactly. this? And you're like, bitch, I don't take medications. So, like, exactly. You know. Yeah. The, the ones that came to mind that remind me of maybe feeling like, oh, that doesn't apply to me. Is there questions around, um, you know, have you considered harming yourself? Mm. And thankfully, that's exactly. not something that I've had to deal yeah. with. And that's when it made me think, wow, it could, you know, maybe maybe my problems aren't that severe. And that's when I when I was talking about earlier in terms of there's a spectrum and I always thought you need help when it's you're right at the cliff edge. Yeah. But why do we have to wait till that point? It's like our physical well-being. We don't start working out when we're like, you know, pre-diabetic or, you know, yeah. obese and we're having a risk of a heart condition or something. Mm-hmm. So it's, it was, I felt reassured when I went through that process, but it was a bit clunky to get, find the therapist the pro- that was more procedural not the actual help the issue the yeah. issue of the people that i was speaking to they were all very helpful mm-hmm. um so that was a short um six sessions that i had done with the employee assistance program mm-hmm. and then it moved on to because I, f- I felt like that helped me deal with some um uh, what's what's the word isolated concerns that i had mm-hmm. about you know anxiety and things yeah but then down the line i, I realized i needed help on on stuff when I had gone through a specific event mm-hmm. and I then reached out again to the employee assistance program, but they realized that this probably needed a bit more time. So yeah. they gave me a, a dedicated contact that I could go to for more structured therapy. Mm-hmm. And that unfortunately was really un- unsuccessful and mainly because I had someone who was really unprofessional Oh no! and I mean, to keep it light, <laughs> it, it, I ended up really, so then, I'm like, I've been getting better. And we joke about this in terms of timing. Mm-hmm. But my time, I've been a lot better recently. Yeah. And this person was always late for our appointment. She's the therapist. You can't what? be late for the... Exactly. So oh, just, my God. I was not impressed. And no. I was always there, ready to go. Hmm. And I remember her coming in all flustered. And she'd make a lot of effort. But she still looked horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> coming in once and thinking, gosh, you've got another hairdo, but still, that does not work without. I want the vision of, like, does she have, like, kind of this, like, Karen haircut? Like, kind of, like, you know, I'd like to speak to the manager, please. Like, you know, it's, like, really short at oh, the back. Karen, or, like, a mullet. Or, like, a mullet. And, like, you know, kind of, it's coloured, like, purple and red and all these she kind of... No, she reminded me of, remember... Who did, um, is it How Clean Is Your House? Or, <laughs> what's her name? The one that was in Big Brother. Aggie, you know, Kim. Oh my Kim, God, Kim. Kim, oh what's her surname again? Kim, um, oh, the one who's like, Kim Saltzia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one who's like, don't talk to me like that, Tim. Don't talk to me like that. Yeah, yeah. You're a monster, you're yeah. an animal, all that, yeah. She, she looked like a younger version of her. Oh, but she's normally well turned out and like, you know, quite prim and proper. Yeah, it was very conservative. I just wanted to, Go over sometimes and just ruffle her hair up and just be like, I don't know. Go pop her with that blouse. Like, I want to just moan about her a few times in the set. <laughs> Yank that skirt up. It's like, look, I've got a stitch here. I can just take it up just like a couple of inches. <laughs> oh, but to her credit, she did give me a few really good tips, actually. There was, um, so around my anxiety, one thing that she helped me with is um, this five senses um, approach where 
um, you kind of remind yourself, look, um, you know, you, you look around the room, you, you know, what can you smell, mm -hmm. what can you taste, and all this. And it's helping you realise that you're safe. So yeah. that kind of makes you feel more comfortable. Almost grounded. like a grounding kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that was a really good technique. Mm -hmm. But most of what she gave me, unfortunately, was just references to online resources. And I'm sorry, I want to do the work in the room. Like, yeah. Definitely give me some tools. And, and that was useful. But mm -hmm. a lot of the time it felt a little bit like she was just palming me off. Yeah. And the sessions would end really early. And I was told I would get a 50-minute session. But sometimes, because they started so late, mm -hmm. they would finish early as well. And I can remember, and I'm not very assertive. I can be, but I'm not very assertive, especially when it comes to situations like that. I, I might, I'm like a bit of a rubber band. Like, you can stretch and stretch and stretch because I'm so patient. Mm. But then eventually I snap. You snap. And I, oh, my God. Uh, girl, you, <laughs> you, you, grab that, you grab that bouffant and you were just like, <laughs> I told you one more time. Exactly. You tardy next time. I'm going to cut you. Exactly. And I thought, you know, I don't know how to deal with this, with mm. this person. I thought, and then someone gave me some advice. They said, just say to her, it was a good friend of mine, actually. She gave me really good advice. She just said, when you come into the room in mm. the beginning, say, oh, so we're here till, let's say, 9.50. Yeah. And... I, I don't think I said it because I just didn't have... I don't know why. Yeah. I just felt like too awkward. And not all of the sessions were cut short. No. But then I remember being in the last one that we had together because there were, we ended up having fewer than I thought because one time... I think she messaged me one morning saying, I'm really sorry, Sunny, I'm not feeling well. So I was just... <laughs> she's like, I can't come in. I was like, oh, okay, fine. It was literally the morning of and we had an appointment at 8 a.m. Oh, God. So I was like, okay. But I thought, anyway... And then a few weeks later, I think I was I was feeling under the weather, so I just thought she had told me the yeah. day of, so I can do the same thing if I need to. But I didn't. I told her the day before, yeah. said I'm not going to be available for tomorrow. So can we reschedule? Mm. And she said, Oh, because you only tell me between, within 24 hours, <gasps> we're gonna. Have... No, she didn't. She didn't say that. Huh. I realised this afterwards because in the penultimate session, mm. she turns around and says, "So this is our last week together," and I was like. Bitch! <laughs> no, we got one more. Yeah. And I was like, don't we have one more? She's like, oh, let me just check. And she's like, I remember you you told me within 24 hours that you couldn't make it to this one. But that's ridiculous. I mean, like, what if, for example, you have a child or you have a dependent on you and then something happens, you know, the day, but literally within a 24 hour period. And the fact that she was so let. It's people like that that would. <laughs> sorry, I'm going to get on my eye or see. I'm going to take so her boxed. down. But, like, do you know what? That's what scares me. Like, in terms of, you know, you, you're placing so much trust in this person. Mm -hmm. And that person, you really need them to be kind of yes. very, kind of like, almost like a spirit, spirit level yeah. thing. What do you call it? A spirit level? Oh, um, uh, a, 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 the spirit oh, level. It's spirit a, level. Spirit, spirit level. level. Yeah, spirit level. You want them to be really kind of grounded. Yeah really create a safe environment a secure Agreed. environment and just consistent as well yeah. that bitch honestly i'm sorry i'm sorry like you know i'm, I'm sorry to be so misogynist about it, but what a bitch like she you was know, a bitch. You know that's, yeah. i mean it sounds to me like she was just picking up the check and like yeah. kind of buggering off like yeah. you know no one to check off on her call. hope you gave her good bad feedback oh well yeah so then i remember at that last session thinking you know why i'm just fed up at this yeah and absolutely. the weather was just horrendous that day and i remember mm. i think we were only probably 20 minutes into this session yeah the last one the she last was just like oh celebrating how great everything was and I was like I don't really feel like I've made my progress to be honest mm. and I was being really open telling her about the you know the, the experiences that I'd had I'd gone through something quite tough at that time so I'd been vulnerable and I tried to be open but I couldn't be open with her about how she was making me feel and I think she intentionally probably 
um, structured it that way because she can obviously probably manip- manipulate people quite easily because yeah. she is a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, not, that's not really fair, but in, she's I'm conscious not... of people's maybe weaknesses and she knew mine because I was very open about yeah. them. And I remember her, her phone was on the table between us <gasps> and she was just like, it started buzzing at one point, 20 minutes in, and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry about that. But then she put it back on the table and I thought... This girl is really annoying me. And I thought, you could have put it away, but I didn't say anything. And then it buzzed again. She's like, oh, I'm so, so, so sorry. And I just thought, why is she doing this? This is so unprofessional. And then, I, I mean, the reason I'm telling this experience is I want people to be prepared for maybe yes. having a bad experience. Mm-hmm. Because the one that I ended up seeing was amazing, mm-hmm. more recently. And then it was raining <laughs> outside, so it was pretty miserable. And then she was just like, the conversation was starting to dry up. But you know what? I was like, that's when I dug my heels. And I thought... I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting my <laughs> awkward. I'm getting my 15 minutes. I ain't going anywhere. Yeah. So I just sat there and I thought, I'll happily, because she would, when she wanted me to leave, mm. she would not ask a question and she would just stare me in the eyes mm. and make it awkward to make me like kind of think, oh, I better go now. And I'm like that. Like yeah. if I, I tend to pick up on like, you know, if people want to go, you know, yeah. me to leave a party or something. Emotional cues and stuff. Emotional yeah. cues. Like you could take them. Yeah. But I thought, I ain't taking anything on, but yes! I'm, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to make it awkward. Mm. Also, I'll push you. Trust me. <laughs> Bitch, you don't want to push yeah, me. And <laughs> she looks at her. She's like, oh, look at the weather. She's like, I hope you've got an umbrella for uh, when you leave. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how. Oh, my God. I was. I think you probably in shock, weren't you? I was. And you know what? When she said that, I just thought... What am I achieving by staying here? I was like, I've got another probably 15 minutes to go. There's, yeah. there's nothing for me to get from here. No. So I'm just going to go. Mm-hmm. I went out the room. I saw someone standing outside looking really impatient. When I went into the lift, she obviously let this person in. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. A little bit late. <gasps> she And then it, it occurred to me she'd been double booking people. That is... I think it's like professional negligence, yes. like serious issues. So I did report this to mm. my um, health insurance provider and they were very, very nice. They were obviously really concerned because I was like, imagine if I did have, you know, kind of issues and concerns about my well-being mm-hmm. in, terms, in terms of self-harm and stuff, to be putting someone at risk with somebody of that personality type. Um, I think it was just really dangerous. So I gave that feedback and they were like, oh, don't, you know, we'll give you whoever you want. Just pick somebody else. Mm-hmm. And do your research and we're happy to kind of support you through that. Yeah. So then I did try again, but honestly, I am really patient. I could have given up after that experience. Well, I'm not surprised. You know, also listening to you talk mm-hmm. about that, it sounds like that was a series of microaggressions as well. Like the very fact that this was like a kind of like, you know, this is a white woman cisgender, white woman, heterosexual, I assume she was. And I assume she was because she had no style. Of so I assume. Yeah. No, we assume. assume. Yeah. But it seems like, you know, the fact that she's very mm. dismissive, dismissive of you, mm. not taking you seriously, to put your phone, for God's sake. I mean, I cannot, but, I mean, what, that's such a passive aggressive you've dick just made, move. You've just also made me realise, you know, the person that she double booked me with? Yeah. A black female. There you go. I mean, like, there's this whole so idea. So we're both being taken advantage of, maybe because of that. Yes, yeah, it's almost like you know. Well, look, I don't know. I don't know this person. I can't really help them. So I'm just going to kind of like just pick up my check and just be like, you know, oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. This that's fine. I mean, the number of times, like, not to talk about me, but the number of times no, I've, I've seen that happen to me as well. Really? When you know, I've had to talk to someone in HR or 
somewhere else and it's just literally the dismissive kind of like oh right i've got another meeting you know they'll put a meeting in for like a half hour and then be like 10 minutes into it all right well i've got another meeting to go to and it's like bitch you called this meeting yeah. you, meant you to need be... to make sure that there's space around yeah. it and i appreciate everyone's got the commitments but you need to honor that exactly if someone if you've allotted someone half an hour you've allotted them half an hour if you don't want to do that half hour if you can do it in 15 minutes then make it make it 15 so at least your expectations are set precisely and especially in something in a situation where you're making yourself vulnerable and so you know you really need that kind of like you know trust and support i mean what an awful person like and just very quickly to say it speaks of your resilience as well and your kind of amazing spirit that you kind of like persevered yeah because you could have easily have said right well Mm. therapy is not for me and yeah. you know and then it would and i wouldn't have had the amazing experience i had with my subsequent therapist who mm-hmm. I, I i don't know if i could say a name to give her a shout out but or we can yeah if you want to link yeah. Her, yeah, yeah her name's dr neha mandrawalia and she is um absolutely amazing she's really helped me kind of find, find ways to accept that whatever my challenges are mm. i can't always fix them it's just finding a way to live with them and she went through loads of really useful techniques as well in terms of some, I don't, I'm trying to think of really um, helpful ones that I can think of, maybe later in the podcast. But it was always a case that one thing actually she taught me is the helicopter. Mm-hmm. So when you're in a situation um, and maybe you're having a bit of conflict with somebody, um, you, you, you have the helicopter that goes up in the sky and that gives you different people's perspective. So you've got the perspective of me. Mm-hmm. I'm in the situation. You've got the perspective of the other person that mm. maybe there's a conflict with. But then what about the uh, the perspective of someone that knows you both? Mm-hmm. And then maybe someone that's a complete stranger. And it helped me realise that in some situations that I thought were really toxic, dangerous or like stressful... Yes, it would feel that way to me, maybe not to the other person, less so to the friend. And then to the person that's a complete stranger, they may just think, oh, they're having a really nice lunch together. And it made me think, realise that actually there's um, a a lot of how you feel about a situation is what you're bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. So that made me kind of reframe my approach to things and actually be a little bit more relaxed about, um, you know, not putting so much pressure on different situations. Um, but yeah, so she she was r- really really incredible. She she helped me through work, you know, work through a lot of different really difficult situations with my with me. Mm. And yeah, I'm really grateful. So I I have had a really good experience. And I have to yeah. say, like, it was very evident when you'd seen uh, the subsequent therapist because remember I commented to you earlier this year. I said there's yeah. a wonderful lightness about you. Which there's a good. Di- you could just see yeah. there was a difference, and it was just so wonderful to see. And I was just like, what's your secret, Liz Earl? Like you know, Eve <laughs> Long. <laughs> and you're like, no, it's therapy girl. And I was like, well, that's not a brand I've heard of. I thought they only did clothes. <laughs> it really did, and I think it was. And the thing I've realised is I'm not going to be perfect. Like, I still get anxiety. I still feel stressed about things. But I've realised... And a friend of mine helped me with it. She said, look, this might just be something that you have to live with. Like, yeah. people have, I don't know, high blood pressure and all sorts mm-hmm. of other things. So you have to find a way to deal with that. Yeah. The cards you're dealt effectively. And it's not being so... Um, so hard on yourself because I'd put a lot of pressure on myself about, oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. Mm-hmm. No, I don't... I shouldn't be doing anything... I need to just go, go on the path I'm on yeah. and do as best I can to get through a situation. Obviously, there was a lot of avoidance. So I was avoiding certain situations because I didn't want to be put in a place where I felt like I was under too much pressure. But I've, I've realised now 
don't be such a perfectionist go into a situation are, are you doing this podcast I think this was something that I was afraid of I think maybe that's what held me back is you know I wanted everything to be perfect yeah. but what is perfect it's just you know having a go and seeing what comes of it yeah absolutely yeah. I mean that that brings us really nicely on to our next question I mean do you think therapy is the answer to our current kind of mental health epidemic that's kind of going on yeah that's a good question because I'm trying so I remember when we first went into lockdown and I was thinking um you know people were like oh everyone's going to get agoraphobia and be really stressed out and mm. not be able to you know deal with being being in social situations and um interacting but I I think from my perspective, I'm kind of like an introverted extrovert. So yeah. it for me, it was kind of like nice to be... I love my own time. It's like some of my you know, best time in a week. Mm. But I think maybe people that are used to getting in all their energy from other people, that was going to be a big challenge for them. So I, I definitely think there's ways of, you know, doing things differently during lockdown to help ensure that when you do start maybe acclimatizing back to normal life yeah you're not going to be struggling with maybe you know feeling anxious about being around a lot of people in a room maybe because we haven't been in some people might not have been in a room with more than five ten people because they've been at home a lot yeah. um you know not been on public transport so i'm sure there'll be loads of different reasons why people will find it hard to start rejoining society so mm. i think it's a good idea to think about that definitely because it's interesting you when you were saying that because i was just thinking that um how you may not people may not even realize that it's going to be like for example they might go to get on a train to think oh yeah it'll just be like how i used to get on a train but suddenly they find that they can't do it yeah. it took me back to when seven seven happened in oh. london and oh, i remember yes. um i remember because i was on the tube that day um around the time that the explosions took mm. place I was travelling on the Bakerloo line to Oxford Circus because mm. that's where I was working. And I remember when we got to Oxford Circus, they were like, you know, station guard had come down mm. and was like, kind of evacuate the station, everybody out of the station, out of the station. Wow. And it was like, oh, what's going on? And then, you know, they reported it as a power yeah, surge first. Yeah. But I remember how scary that day felt because that was, it felt like the first time that like London felt so vulnerable and it was like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening in yeah, London. Yeah. And then I remember the next day um, going, taking the tube to work I remember getting, when I got to the station, like the train was completely empty, which was unheard of. It was rush hour, mm. 2007, you know, like it was a, 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 it was not a time where it would be empty. I remember there was a moment I hesitated getting on the train thinking, oh my God, what, there's a bomb on this train or something. But then in that kind of split second as well, I thought to myself, do you know what? If you don't get on this train now, mm. you're not going to get on the train for a very long time. Yeah. And if you fall into that trap, you're not going to be able to live your life the way you want it to. Yeah. So I literally, I, I kind of pushed through it, but I just thought that I imagine it's lockdown amazing. now, people are going to feel things like that. And something like therapy could be really useful. Yeah, definitely. Or maybe even reading up. I know that I was complaining earlier about the therapists that just sent me loads of online resources. They weren't bad. I mean, mm. they are some really good ones. They're just not going. If it depends on how you are um, kind of geared to work. I'm more a practical person. I, yeah. I don't really like reading lots of things to mm -hmm. then work out how to approach something i have to do it first. yes so but there are plenty of online resources that help you deal with maybe anxiety or being assertive um you know dealing with certain situations you know conflict mm -hmm. and 
I think maybe even starting on, on online is probably an idea in terms of finding out ways to deal with maybe agoraphobia because that could be something that people are going to be stressed stressed about. Definitely. I can, yeah, I think so. So, do you know, I've been thinking about getting therapy for a while and I, I've genuinely, I've, like we've had that, we've spoken about yeah. some private conversations as well. So what advice would you give me? I mean, apart from the online, I think is a great kind of idea. Yeah, I think it is find out what resources are available to you. I, I was very, very lucky that it was available through my employer. Mm-hmm. So that made things um, go a little bit more smoothly. But then I have known um, friends to get it through the NHS as well. Yeah. There's probably a longer waiting time, especially now. I imagine it's even harder. Yeah. So I think it's worth maybe speaking to your GP or if you have got an employer with some healthcare, maybe finding out what sources are available. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you and then if that's not, you know, the other option is you could just Google therapy centers and yeah. you know i can link in the one that i'd gone to mm-hmm. um, where the doctor i'd seen um is based and then you could just go direct it depends on how you know what your circumstances are yeah um but i, I think it's definitely worth getting um pro- you know professional advice on how to kind of deal with this but there's some of the options that i, I That's had, that you had i mean because yeah. I, I know that there's because uh, you actually went physically like you mm-hmm. said to and saw your therapist every yes. week which i think i think that's yeah. probably the way that i'd want to do it as yeah. well but at the same time i've heard like you know online therapy is quite popular as well where your therapist can like dial in yeah you know and you can do a zoom call or you can do a yeah. phone call or and i mean do you think that's something that you would uh, be I open would, to yeah definitely so with um the, the recent therapist that i had there was a day when i think one of us um, wasn't feeling i think it was just maybe around covid time or was it not i think it was very early on in the year when covid wasn't here but mm. it was kind of an issue so i think one of us for some reason was feeling a little bit unsure that we had a cold so she was like how about we do a call instead and i said oh that's a great idea because we do sit together but there's no reason why we can't have a telephone conversation mm. and it was completely fine it made no difference and since it's been lockdown, most of my meetings have been over video calls on mm-hmm. Hangouts. Mm-hmm. And I felt as though that has been a great bridge, to, you know, between, you know, the, the gap that we've got to go through while people aren't working in the offices mm-hmm. as much. And it, it's effective. I don't think it's the long term solution, but I, I wouldn't be against it because I think you do definitely want to be able to see how people are interacting. I think it's probably useful for the therapist to be able to see how you're dealing with things because... Yeah. You can probably hide things by not showing. I know certain there'll be cues, won't there? That the visual be cues, exactly. And I'm just thinking as well, if you were to mm. get like your shank therapist, <laughs> <laughs> shank therapist rather, or shank therapist, she probably got like a whole <laughs> she grid always... of people. <laughs> She's just dialing in, muting everyone. Muting everyone. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. But I just imagine because like if you if that was, had been your experience and you'd be like, oh my god, oh no, don't do it. But um, you know, yeah, no, I think that's a really good part. I, 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 I really would say to people to stick with it. You have to find the right fit. And a few people had said that to me before, because even though I'd only really started in the last few years um, and I, I finished about probably before lockdown yeah. with, with my therapy and I, I can't, I, I'm not necessarily never going to go back again. Mm. Um, but I do remember friends saying that they had trouble and I always keep pushing them to say, try again, try again. Yeah. But I didn't appreciate until I went through it, how frustrating it could be. Mm-hmm. And if you, yeah, if you're on a long waiting list and then you eventually get someone, it's not as easy as just saying, oh, I'm going to get someone new. Yeah. So, so it, I think there are going to be challenges around it, but it's just finding a way to 
to maybe just when things don't go right, raising it. And yeah. hopefully people can take it seriously enough that they find you someone else that is more appropriate. Absolutely. I mean, I think also it kind of like underlines such an important point that the whole process, it's about you doing the work. Yeah. So whether it's like the superficial where it's like the booking the appointment, finding the therapist yeah. to the deeper work, like you said, like, you know, when mm. the therapist gives you exercises or asks you to consider yeah. things differently. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it, the onus is on you. No one is going to. And I think that's a life lesson as well, that no one is going to come and sort it out for you. No one is going to do it for you. Not your, you know, your partner, not your parents, not anybody. Mm. You have to be responsible for you. But ultimately, that's such an empowering thing as well, because when you are responsible for you, you can do whatever you want and you can be like, do you know what? I'm going to I need this or I want this and I'm going to make it happen. And I don't, you know, like you said, I don't need a man to make it. (laughs) (laughs) So true. And I think this is what I feel like. So it's the whole lockdown I went through without seeing my therapist because it was, you know, I think we ended our sessions um, I say naturally, we consciously decided not to see each other anymore. Concluded, we, yeah. Yeah, we concluded them because there was one extension partway through because I felt like I needed more time mm-hmm. and that was fine. But then I remember towards the end, she said, oh, you know, towards the last few that we had before ex- um, extending again, she said, oh, how do you feel about us um, concluding this now? Mm-hmm. And my ne- initial and immediate reaction was, no, I need you because every week I'm so mm-hmm. used to having it. And I... Th- and then she said, you know, have a think about what you want and what you feel like you want to work on. And then I remember coming away thinking, you know what? I'd, I'd gone through explaining how I dealt with certain situations and I could tell by her reaction. And she, you know, she um, positively, inf- you know, reinforced some of the decisions I'd made. So I realized that actually, look, I am making the right decisions because of the the tools she's given me and um, the ability for me to take a step back in these situations and even though I know I felt bad about it at the time but if I gave myself a certain amount of time or thought about it you know or looked at it through a different lens I could feel differently about it so she, it almost felt like let me have a go at going out into the wild world and just seeing how it is and I remember her saying at the last session and I bought her a gift at the end mm. to say thanks and stuff just like a small token mm. but then she, she was so kind she said um, you know I'm really awkward with goodbyes, so hopefully I won't say or do anything to make you feel offended. And I just, I think it was also COVID time, so it's not really appropriate. And I thought, do you hug your therapist? This is so strange. I said, what do you do? And I don't really know what to do. And I think that's what she probably meant. And yeah. I just gave her the gift. And she she even said herself, she was like, look, you know, we also miss the people that we see too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, um, it's just a part of the journey. And it made me realize, damn, I'm not going to see you anymore. And I thought that was quite hard to yeah. think. It's it's weird, though. It's not a friendship because I didn't really know anything about her. So, um, you know, little details. And I didn't ask because it's not, I, I never really, I always thought, is it inappropriate to ask them anything because it's mm. meant to be about me. Yeah. And I just thought it is it is not a friendship. This is a professional relationship. And it has to come to a close. Yes. And it doesn't mean that I can't see her again in the future. Mm. But it did feel weird. And I remember if, well, probably a few weeks and months afterwards feeling like oh, it would be really nice to speak to her again. But I realised that actually that was more of a like a nice to have rather than a need. Than a need. Mm. And um, yes, yeah, so I feel more well equipped. And there's definitely days that I have that I've had. And, you know, I might need more help again in the future. But I, I feel like I've, I've done enough work to be able to get through in a, in a way that makes me feel happy. It makes you feel stronger, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
It's amazing. Like, I've, you know, it seems like it's such like a, you know, because the, the final question I had was like, how has therapy changed your life? Yeah. Like, so I think, yeah, like I was saying, so I feel like I can get through certain situations now without even really talking to anyone about it, which sounds probably a little bit like, oh, that's not good. Am I internalizing things? But mm-hmm. I think it's more when sometimes it's easy to kind of, you know, maybe go into a spiral mm-hmm. and talk about or whinge about something. And it's kind of like quite gratifying when you go through it. And I've realized that there is a time and a place for that. But other times I think it's just feeding into maybe some negative thinking. So I just find a way now to say, okay, this is frustrating. It's probably not fair. It's probably not justified. But actually in the long, in the grand scheme of things, does it really matter? No. Maybe someone will have the wrong impression of me or maybe it's unjust or unfair, but it's not that important to me. And I think that's one of the things I would always find hard of letting go of things where I felt like there was some injustice. Mm. So that's, and that's that's probably part of the biggest piece of work I was doing in connection with another issue. So Mm. now I've learned how to deal with conflict in a different way and and actually being really open with people so talking about this Mm. I would I think I was probably a little bit nervous about talking about therapy initially because I just thought is it a bit embarrassing like still I'll have people when I talk to them occasionally saying oh I've never had therapy like when they say it's good to go for therapy but I've not had it and I Mm. just thought I very openly and quickly say well oh oh, I have and I am I am going and I think it makes people realize it's okay to say that because in the same way that we're, you know, I'm taking care of my mental health, there's probably things that people are doing to take care of the physical health. It shouldn't be any different. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes me feel a little bit more confident and open about what I'm feeling. And yeah, just a bit more relaxed. I feel a lot lighter, like you said. It's it's really positive that you noticed it mm-hmm. um, because I, I do feel better and there's loads of stuff I still need to do. But I realise that that is just always going to be the case. I'm never going to be fixed because the, what is what does that mean yeah exactly no that I mean it's, it's something I it's one of my favorite qualities about you that you're so open and honest and again thank you for talking about it because I think you're so right it's true like I'm probably one of those people who you like I'm doing therapy I'm like oh good for you have you ever had therapy oh no 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 no, no. <laughs> yeah I'll do it I, 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 I don't touch that one <laughs> what is that what um but I love that kind of like openness and I think it's something that we all aspire to and I think um yeah, like I said, it was just this wonderful, like you've always been confident and it was just, you could just see there was just this like assuredness and it was just so wonderful to see and like be a part of as well. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, if therapy can do that, that's a wonderful kind of like you know, thing for it to uh, to do. Yeah, I'd recommend it if there's any reason why you feel like you can't deal with your own emotions by yourself mm-hmm. and you need, and it, I've always gone to bed, you know, we say, what is therapy? Obviously there's like, therapy from a, a trained professional but mm-hmm. a lot of the time therapy was for me sometimes was speaking to you about things yeah. or speaking to other friends about my problems and that was a form of therapy mm-hmm. but eventually I think one of my friends had said to me she had been going for many years she was like sometimes you need to speak to someone that is not um, being there for you as a friend they have to speak to you yeah and that's when I realized actually you're right I 
I don't want to be the mood hoover with my friends every time, just kind mm. of completely like second. I love that mood hoover. Mood hoover, <laughs> yeah. My friend said that state, um, <laughs> to me once, and I was, I loved it. I was like, actually, damn, you. He wouldn't say that about me, but I was no, like, but it's I, yeah, it, it's such it, it's spot on. Absolutely, yeah, it made me laugh. But um, yeah, so mm. so funny actually because that, that made me think of two things because like um, our, kind of the one of the inspirations behind this podcast. We always have to mention what the inspirations are. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're keeping a score, <laughs> so we've got. Uh, America's Next Top Model, obviously. Well, it's the most important. Uh, the most important. The boy is mine, obviously. Um, but one of the other things was, like, our conversations, like like you said, were like therapy. They really yeah. were. It reminded me yesterday, totally coincidentally, I'm doing my second rewatch of Sex and the City. <gasps> and I've already done one rewatch this year, but I'm doing another one. And um, it was the episode when Carrie breaks up with Big for the first time. Oh, my gosh. And then she keeps whining to Samantha, yeah. Carrie and Charlotte. And then they're sitting, and she's talking and talking, and then like they're just sitting there quietly looking at her. And she's like, "What is this an intervention?" They're like, "Yeah, you need to go to therapy." And all the things that like you just said, like you know, therapy. What? Oh, you know, <laughs> well, Carrie's like a self-indulgent oh, bitch. Any, in any case, but the way, and then she goes, but she picks up Bon Jovi. Oh, and you remember that she's always like she picks the wrong men. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it was so Every true. Episode. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh God. But it was funny. It made me think of that when oh. you said that, talking about friends and stuff. Anyway, we are going to be right back after this. Okay, and we are back. So as we've heard, like therapy can be really beneficial and life-changing and, you know, might be the right course of action to take. So as Sunny said, it's always a good idea to kind of like consult your doctor, GP or a trusted medical professional for advice. And, you know, if you're unsure, you need any guidance and, you know, ultimately you must do what feels right for you and keep your safety and mental health at the forefront. So, yeah, you know, keep well. And I hope it goes well if you if you do decide to do therapy off the yeah. back of this. Like, let us know. Like, yeah. you know, we'd be love to hear. Definitely. Like, and there's just one really important thing. Yeah. The, the podcast is mine. <laughs> no, that's too soon. I'll say it. I'll tap it. Yeah, we're no. going to do that. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. I, I just wanted to get jump the script. I want to <laughs> I was like, I know he's going to get in there first. <laughs> Before we do that, let's remind people of how they can get in touch with us. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, this is why I am not in charge of any kind I'm of I'm the boss here. Thank you. <laughs> My goodness. Um, yeah, so please do get in touch with us. Um, you can follow us on. So, first of all, like and subscribe to our podcast. Please. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the podcast is mine. Twitter is podcast is mine. <laughs> so <laughs> Twitter is so shady because there's no there. <laughs> or, not on any of them. No, no. So you can have like um, on Facebook and Instagram because you know, Facebook yeah. owns Instagram. So you can yeah. do the podcast is mine. You can have like okay. you know, it's not the name is not taken. Oh, yeah. You can have it. Oh, so it's already taken. No, no, no it wasn't taken. No. But like you know, as long as that name is not taken. Like for Fine. example, as long as it's unique, but yeah. with. Instagram, they don't let you have. So the, Facebook and uh, Instagram let do. you, but Twitter don't. So oh, Twitter, you only got fifteen characters for your username. So that's why I was trying to put in the podcast oh, is yes. me, and like, and I thought, oh, that's quite nice. Like maybe it's an Italian oh, kind of thing. Yeah. And then I was like, podcast is mine makes more sense. So it's at podcast is mine. Perfect. And if people want to email us, um, please do email yes. us. Like, you know, we love to hear your stories and like hear from our listeners. We do have a very spam one. folder. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our, our spam folder is very kind of like active and very strong. But also that our zone one hose, like you know. Yeah. Like, you know, we love our Zone 1 hoes. Well, we definitely, hashtag. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll even talk to Zone 6 hoes. Like, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not picky or judgmental. Like, yeah. As long as you can make it into Zone 1. Like, you know. <laughs> we're happy to help you. But, uh, yeah, if, probably if you are on, like, Zone 6 or above, you probably need to email us. So, so. <laughs> yeah, then you definitely need therapy. Exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's the podcast at my no the podcast is mine at gmail.com so anyway now it's now time. now it's time for that line <laughs> so Sandy there's one more thing the podcast is mine <laughs> is that right <laughs> oh gosh <laughs>